0: Welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcasts. I'm Jackie Parry and it's good to have your company. Today I'd like to take you on a journey through a terrifying night and to show why we, as mariners, as far as weather is concerned, we must be able to interpret, adjust, and prepare. This episode is brought to you by Panteneus Yacht Insurance. Occluded Fronts and Associated Stunts If you think G&Ts on the aft deck in a protected anchorage are part of life within the Pacific Ocean, you would not be alone. However, witnessing the terrific splendour of nature unrestrained may distort this view it did for us. Traversing the Pacific Ocean on Mariah was a breeze. For the second time on board Piwacket, we were experiencing, shall we say, more testing times, even in protected anchorages. This gave us serious thought to seeking out islands with airports and yacht brokers, Instead of island hopping to places of beauty, history, and charm, anchored in the Gambier Islands, which are the southeast corner of the Society Islands, was spent comparing different weather sources with different cruisers. We all agreed, mostly, that to the north were strong northwest winds, and to our south, strong southeast winds. Ha, funny, isn't it? We are right in the middle. Ha, ha, another cup of tea, dear. Although the unstable whims of nature and Neptune are difficult to predict, there was obviously something afoot. But we were in a protected anchorage. And there lies the problem. A lee shore in every direction. The bay chock full of chillingly beautiful coral heads. That night, we maintained anchor watch. At 9pm, the wind and 30 of his mates were exposing Poseidon's anger. At 11.15, I could see the lightning through tightly shut eyes. Suddenly, a huge gust barreled through the anchorage and swung us violently. Stumbling into the cockpit, I found an oft calm Noel dancing on his toes. I was just about to yell for you, he said. The last few words were snatched away by the noise of the wind generator flying at high speeds. Turn off the wind generator, screamed Noel. Turn on the engine, screamed I, as Pywacket was slung over onto her gunwales. Three long, terrifying hours ensued within the jaws of natural combatants where rules were their private whim. Our opponent Mother Nature, our adversary Neptune and our luck in Murphy's fickle hands. Regularly we clocked gusts of over 55 knots which very nearly knocked us completely over. Heart action sped Blood vessels contracted and the gusts grew. A steady 45 knots persisted, interspersed with the brutal gusts. So what's the big deal? These aren't very pleasant winds at all, but they're not horrendous. Many sailors have suffered fiercer fights with Windy and his mates, as have we. The problem was the vortexing winds, that clutched us in its vicious fist and the fact that we were trapped. The wind backed countless times, orbiting a three full 60 degrees in a gut-ranging, horrifying lurch from one direction to the next. The cruel gusts pinned us one way, eased to 45 knots, then the next great barreling wall of wind would smack us on the other side. Nature put on a performance of ear-splitting music, the beating halyards and the howling winds clashing together, reaching a cliffhanger crescendo. We only had the occasional glimpse of a local house lamp to navigate us. Our solar panels were vibrating along with my shaking body. Ricketeer Village sits on a crescent-shaped island, allowing the wind to whip along the inside curve and build speed another ingredient in the following fracas. Viewing the plotter, it showed the kaleidoscopic winds pick up Mariah's 20 tonnes and propel her and her wide-eyed crew straight over the anchor, pulling it clear of its muddy restraints and tossing us all straight into the realms of chaos. We were no longer attached to Terra therma for a few heart-stopping moments. Of course... This was all taking place on the blackest night in history and most of the markers that highlighted the hidden reefs were unlit. With the engine on, Noel concentrated on the plotter to hold us in clear water. I staggered to the bow to get an idea of the situation when Neptune took another swing at us with what felt like a giant cricket bat. I returned to the cockpit and Noel's expectant face. The only answer I had was trembling knees. Buying time before my next foray onto the bow, I trained the spotlight on two nearby cardinal markers around the nearest reef and sailing vessel Dana, who were getting closer. It was us moving, not them. They too were dancing around their anchor. All ten boats in the anchorage had switched on their navigation lights. The VHF radio carried a distress call into the void. The disembodied voice filled our cockpit. The French language did not soften the anguish hanging on the words. Noel's eyes were glued to the plotter, his white knuckles on the wheel, manipulating the motor to hold us within our original circle of anchorage, previously made while swinging in the last few weeks. Just a few days before this terrifying night, our external oil cooler had corroded allowing raw water into the sump. Several days of repairs had our engine functioning again, but they were temporary repairs. We bypassed the corroded cooler as we had another. We had a bolt-on cooler on the engine, which was sufficient to get us to Tahiti to then make proper repairs. The engine had been tested gently. Now it was straining against its mounts. Would the repairs hold? We'll have to get the anchor up, Noel shouted, amid the clanging of wind beating all in its path. I thought I hadn't uttered a word in reply to this. I remember feeling my eyes widen and tasting the acidity of bile. Noel reminds me that actually I had said, I'm not fucking going up there, you can forget that idea. I have no memory in saying this. Twenty terrifying minutes of confusion reigned. Admittedly, I was petrified of lifting the anchor and the engine not coping. Would our propeller bite? Will the jury-rigged motor hold? I'm sure I heard Murphy snigger. What I had not grasped was that the anchor had lifted out of the sand by Pywhacket propelling right over it. We had moved by the wind's hands And now the anchor had rebitten. The problem was that if we now pulled back on the anchor, we would be on the reef. Noel was trying to drive us forward into clear water and the anchor was now stopping us going forward. Noel stayed on the helm. He had a good handle on keeping the boat off the reefs. I dithered between a running commentary of where we were located in relation to the reefs and other boats flicking my eyes to the engine gauges and going up on the bow and trying to haul up the chain which was stuck fast. I am usually great at anchor management even if I say so myself but tonight fear had its steely grip on my innards and I couldn't grasp what was going on. Sitting next to the windlass it was impossible to stand up in the wind I am sure I whimpered several times. My overexcited brain had me thinking that any moment we'd be on the reef. My unruly imagination had me catapulted off the boat, squished between the coral and twenty tons of boat, or floating off into the black void, never to be seen again. In a momentary lull, Null ran forward to help and he simply let go the other anchor. We had stopped spinning at this point, And the second anchor dug in. That was all good. For a few seconds, we actually managed to take some breaths before facing the capricious character of Mother Nature and her rascally mate, Neptune. Then it dawned on me what was happening. I felt ill when I knew for certain the anchors had to be lifted. I put the searchlight around again. We were too close to the sailing boat, Dana. If we swung differently, we would hit. We could see the brown coral reef in the beam of the spotlight. Everything was rattling, sliding and clashing within the bow. My teeth were clattering in time with everything else. At the end of the spotlight's eerie beam, I lit the cardinal marker. Literally inches off our stern. How we were not on the reef, I just do not know. I shrieked in a very ladylike fashion. Forward now! We're about to hit! Noel drove us forward and brought me to my senses. We have to pull the anchors up! There was no time for me to gain a handle on the helm. I'm the anchor expert on board and there was no getting out of it. Our second anchor road of rope with an additional 10 metres of heavy chain was caught between the bow rollers. I couldn't free it. I had to fight for some slack to wrap around the warping drum. It took a lot to overcome my fear. I felt completely exposed on deck. On the bow, wrapped in terror, wishing we were out in open sea, I tied off the main anchor chain to free up the gypsy and therefore the warping drum for the second anchor. In a lull, I hauled up some slack and started the winch. Noel kept us into the wind and the strain off the roads, as well as off the reef. The process of driving forward and falling back took us sidewards, losing steerage. He'd reverse into the wind, then the wind would take over that momentum, and the process would start again. Within the storm's full fury of 57 knot gusts, I concentrated on the task at hand. The entire rope part of anchor 2, was in. The last part of chain was caught on the strops of the main anchor. No one must have been wondering what I was doing. It felt like I'd been fighting on the bow for hours. I could instantly see the solution. I looped another rope over the caught anchor chain, and slid that rope along the chain, pulling it up to the side of the boat, quite near to where it was caught. This allowed me to grasp the chain and haul it and the anchor straight up over the lifelines on starboard side, free of all constraints. It was a struggle, but fear provides great strength. I lashed it onto the deck and stumbled back to the cockpit to tell Noel the first anchor was up. He was delighted and relieved. Bloody brilliant! Well done! This gave me the courage I needed to get back out to retrieve the main anchor. We decided not to turn on the deck lights and maintain night vision. Our communication was by torchlight. We agreed that once the main anchor was off the seabed floor, I would flash a light three times. Noel would motor to a clear area, flash me three times and I would let go the anchor once again. The wind was a comfortable 40 knots now, but still gusting something horrid. I had never put our windlass under severe load. But that night I begged and cajoled it in all sorts of ways. Soothing, swearing and pledging lifelong allegiance to fresh oil and tender strokes to its innards. Some of the more colourful words I'll leave to your imagination. The twenty metre mark on the chain passed. I knew the anchor was clear of the seabed. I flashed my torch three times. Noel moved us to the middle of the bay into safe water. He flashed me three times. I let go the anchor. Suddenly we had re-anchored with the wind abating to just below 40 knots, still gusting but with less fight in it. We stayed up all night. Noel was outstanding on the helm. For a while I was paralysed by fear, but prevailed just in the nick of time. We missed the reef by seconds. We suffered only bruises, one jerry can broke. Noel recalls that the track on the plotter was fantastic. Having our anchor spot marked, he could see that we had left our radius from the original anchor position and this provided him with somewhere to steer back to, otherwise we were just lost in the thick black night. We learn later that within the melee, sailing vessel Dana had thought of helping us and prepared fenders alongside their boat. If you couldn't stop yourselves going, we were ready to catch you, they said, which brought tears of gratitude to both Noel and I. We were feeling too far south and craved settled latitudes and distance from the occluded fronts and high-pressure ridges that tail off from the perpetual lows born from New Zealand that travel east. We considered setting up a yacht brokerage here. I think we would have had several customers. As our lovely British friends on board Pacific Bliss said, we just want to go home. A few days later, we started to feel better. Funnily enough, we were walking on land at that point. I hope you enjoyed this story and our terrifying night on the island of Gambier. If you'd like to read this story, go on over to sistershiptraining.com and click on articles. You'll find some pictures there and some information and tips to go with it too. On sistershiptraining.com you'll find many more articles and podcasts, videos and our subscribe button. That's all we've got time for today. My name is Jackie Parry and it's been good to have you company. I'll catch up with you again soon. I wish you safe, so